Um, in your table of contents, it is in the New Testament, but it's kind of towards the back. You have Hebrews, James, I think it's First and Second Peter after that. So Hebrews, James, and then First, Second Peter. So Hebrews chapter number one. Hebrews chapter number one. Hopefully those that are online right now on Facebook, you're still tracking with us. So here we go. Hit the share button, all right? I want to get as much as we can the, the Word of God into many homes and, and as many feeds as we can and as many devices as we can um, because the Word changes things. Can I get an amen? The Word changes things. So um, let's pray and then we'll get started. Lord, Lord, thank you so much for the fact that we can be here. And Lord God, right now, I know, specifically, Lord God, there's a lot of burdens on people's hearts. Lord God, those burdens may be spiritual in nature. Lord, those burdens may be mentally in nature. Lord, those may be emotionally in nature, Lord God. And Lord God, even there's some, some burdens about some physical things that are going on with ourselves or those around us. Especially, Lord God, when it comes to the physical, Lord, we can't see the spiritual, we can't see the mental, we can't see the emotional, but we can see the physical, Lord God. And so, Lord God, whatever burden we have today, Lord God, I pray you meet us in that burden. And that, Lord God, that this in no way, shape, or form would, would take that burden away, but, Lord, that we would hopefully see you in our burdens. Because, Lord, that's where you want to be. You don't want to be on the outside looking in. You want to be right in the midst of it all. And so, Lord God, I pray for every single person, Lord God, including myself, who has a burden on their heart right now. And, Lord God, I pray that another burden we would have is for your word. Because, like we said before, your word changes things. And, Lord God, if I'm being honest, sometimes I don't want to change. But Lord God, use your word to change me today. Use your word to change us today. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we are picking up kind of where we left off last week. You can be seated. I'm sorry about that. If I'd have never told you, I guess y'all would have stood the whole entire time, which would have been fine, I guess. Uh, There there is a place, uh, uh, I believe it's in Nehemiah, where they stood uh, as they were reading the word. So, I mean, I guess we could have done that, but uh, I I apologize. Maybe I wasn't really engaged on what I was supposed to do at that moment. Uh, But we are continuing where we kind of started our conversation last week. And what we did is we, we, we started a message called Communicating God's Way. Communicating God's Way. Now, just as kind of an introduction and review, we are going to look at a verse, and it starts with the word wherefore. That word wherefore means because of or for which reason. So anytime you see the word therefore or wherefore in your Bible, you have to, you're, you're inclined to go back and read why it is therefore, why it is wherefore, okay? Because if you just read a verse and take it out of context from that same point, you can take it and not really understand the gravity of the verse because you didn't go back to look, okay? So we have this word wherefore in the verse we're going to look at in just a minute. So just to catch everybody up, because of these things in the book of James in, the, in chapter number 1, before we even get to the verse that we're going to talk about, We have already established that we can find joy in trials. We have already established that trials work patience in us. We've already established that patience brings contentment. 
We've already established that, that we can gain wisdom if we ask by faith. We have already established a need for humility in our lives. We have already established that we have an ability to endure temptation, uh, an an understanding that temptation is not of God, but of our own lusts. And and, and we understand that that every good gift comes from God, and that we are the first fruits of all creation. We are God's preferred creation. Those are the things because of what we're about to read. Because of these things, what we're about to read, this is what we should do. Okay, Because of these facts, wherefore? So James 1.19, hopefully you're there in James. James 1.19. James 1.19, by the way, James Henson, do you kind of feel weird when somebody preaches out of the book of James? It's like you're talking to me, right? I don't know, somewhat? Okay, all right. This is not James Henson, by the way. This is James, the, 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 the half-brother of Jesus, okay, who wrote this. So cool that your half-brother now, okay, Messiah, great, awesome. All right, here we go. Verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, so he's talking to save folk, let every man, so we are all to follow these words, let every man be, let's read it together, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. I'm going to read that again. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And I asked the question last week, does this verse describe our society right now? Can I get a resounding what? No. Then it got a little more personal, right? Does these verses describe a majority of Christians? And unfortunately, if we're being honest, we would, always, we, we would all have to agree and say the same thing. Does this describe a majority of Christians? Let's say it all together. No. And that's sad, right? That's sad because I told you all last week, uh, especially recently, I I can't preach things that that are not impacting me personally as well. Because when I read this verse, I go, man, I don't know if I'm swift to hear. I don't know if I'm slow to speak. I don't know if I'm slow to wrath. So last week we talked about swift to hear. So if you did not follow along with that message, go back online, watch that message, okay? About last week we started part one, swift to hear. But this week, we're going to talk about slow to speak. Slow to speak. Now, this is a hard one for me. This is a hard one for me. And if any of y'all have known me for any period of time, you know why this is a hard one for me. Because I'm a talker. Can I get an amen? I'm a talker. Very much a talker, all right? And I come by honestly. I just want y'all to understand that, okay? This has been an issue that has not just started when I became a pastor. This is an issue that I've struggled with for, for over 30 years. You're like, how could he know if you, you struggle with it for over 30 years? Because I have hard evidence, hard evidence that I have struggled with this for over 30 years. And here's how I know that. Because I can look at my elementary school report card. Exactly how it is, okay? Now, I went to school in Georgia, all right? So don't hold that against me. Some of you are already like, oh, that makes sense now. You went to school in Georgia. But in elementary school, especially kindergarten, first and second grade, and even right now, I don't know how y'all's is, but in those early grades, they don't give A's, B's, C's, D's, and F's. F's. I don't know why I said that. Okay. (laughs) Woo, okay. They don't give those. Okay. In Georgia, what they gave is they gave E's, S's, N's, and U's. E's, S's, N's, and U's. You're like, that sounds crazy, Buchanan. Let me define what E, S, N, and U stands for. E stands for excellent. 
S stands for satisfactory. N stands for needed improvement. And U stands for unsatisfactory. In first grade, I received a U in spelling. It was devastating. You can ask my wife today. I still, my wife is an awesome speller, okay? And there are times that I, the simplest words, I say, how do you spell that, honey? Would you agree with that, honey? Yes, you would, okay? So uh, if you were a bad speller in first grade, I don't know if there's any hope for you, right? There's no hope for me. I'm 39 years old. But in, in elementary school, there were two sections. Actually, through all of elementary school, there were two sections to the report card. There was the academic section, and there was the behavior section. Anybody else uh, grow up when you had a behavior section on your report card? Anybody? Okay, all right, just making sure. Some of y'all are like, y'all got away with murder because you didn't have the behavior section. But there is a list of different areas in my behavior that, that, w- that I would either get E's, S's, N's, or U's. And I don't know how your, how your uh, uh, home worked, but, but the, the way it was is we were expected to get good grades, but we sure enough was expected to behave ourselves, right? Okay? Sometimes you got in trouble in school, you could be a straight-A student and get in trouble, and you were in more trouble than if you had all A's. And so without fail, every single report card, I had nine weeks of this, nine weeks of this, Okay, every nine weeks we get a report card, okay? Every single nine weeks, without fail, kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, there was one area always got an N, needs improvement. Guess what that was? Needs to control talking. Every time, needs to control talking. My mom would be like, look, we need to work on this. And I would say, I'm trying. And then next nine weeks, needs to control talking. Okay? So just I want everybody to understand that if anybody needs this, this message, it's me. All right? Because I struggle in this area. But here's another reason why we need this message. Because I think a lot of us struggle in this area. And one of the biggest reasons why I think we struggle in this area, especially now, is because we live in a world of social media. Now, y'all are like, oh, no, he's going to talk about my social media again. Oh, because there's like a demonic demonic spirit that comes over when I start talking about social media. But in the past, if you wanted to communicate with a large audience, you had to pay some dues first. Okay, if you want to communicate in front of a large audience, you had to pay some dues. You had to put a little bit of time in. You had to put a little bit of commitment in. You had to sure enough put a lot of learning in, right? And then over time, as, as, as you continued to, to, to put the time in, the commitment in, and started to hone your communication skills, then you would get opportunities to speak before an audience. But guess what? That's not the case anymore, right? Any single person in this room depending on how active you are on social media, you could speak to a thousand people right now. You could speak to a thousand people right now. And guess what? You don't have to commit any time, any commitment, or any learning in order to communicate with a whole entire audience, right? So, let's test this out. Now, I'm not telling you in any way, shape, or form that this is what you need to do and then stay there, all right? But I want everybody, if you have Facebook, to pull out your phone and to open your Facebook account. So open the little Facebook app, pull out your phone, open Facebook, and just open Facebook and just leave it right there. Leave it on, what, as you click it, whatever comes up, just leave it right there. Don't start scrolling, okay? I know y'all are tempted right now. Do not scroll, okay? Do not scroll, 
Okay? Because here's what happens. Social media tricked us to communicate in the most ineffective way, in the most ineffective way ever, and I'm not talking about typing on a screen. What I'm talking about is what is written in the box, what is written in the box before you ever post anything, before you ever write anything in that top box. Okay, everybody got their Facebook app, right? Everybody got it open? Okay. Now there's your little cute little Facebook. Oh, look at your picture, all that kind of stuff. And there's a phrase that is populated in the area where you would post or write something in the post. What does that phrase say? Ooh, say that to me one more time. What's on your, what's on your, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Now, here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. It doesn't say, what do you want to say? It says what? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Now, let me ask this question. Is everything that comes to my mind need to come out of my mouth? Ooh. <laughs> Could you imagine if everything that came to our mind came out of our mouth? But what does Facebook want to know? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? And so even though what comes to our mind is not the, anything at all what needs to come out of our mouth, yet every single day we do that on social media. So what happens? Guess what social media is doing? The way you communicate with social media is the same way you communicate in person. It's training you. It's tricking you, right? Because here's the deal. Guess what? I just want to give them a piece of my... Oh, come on. I just want to give them a piece of my... Every time you say, I just want to give them a piece of my mind, guess what? It's going to turn out bad. <laughs> All right? Just so you know. If you're about, I mean, I just want to give them a piece of my mind. Okay, you can, let it, you can give them a piece of your mind, but I promise you, in no way, shape, or form are you communicating. You are just tearing down a relationship. That's what you're doing in the process. Now, some of you are like, oh, Buchanan, that's just, that's just your opinion. And, you know, hey, if it's on my mind, I should let it come out of my mouth. Proverbs 29, 11. See, that's the thing. Some of y'all, got, y'all, y'all, y'all come to these conclusions and then I show you Bible and then kind of message y'all up a little bit. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool uttereth all his what? Mind. Don't, don't get quiet on me now, okay? A fool uttereth all his what? Mind. But a wise man keepeth it, keepeth it what? In till afterwards. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. So to speak your mind all the time would consider, according to this verse, not in any way, shape, or form, pointing out anybody, okay? According to this verse, if you're always speaking your mind, if you're all, I'm, I'm moving, Mandy, you ready? Mandy, I'm about to move, you ready? Okay, here we go, all right? Okay, according to this verse, if you're always speaking your mind, what are you considered? Second word, a what? Did I call you that? Nope. Who called you that? God did, okay? All right, according to his word, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. See, what's interesting about slow to speak, slow to speak is, 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 is this idea, and I'm real bad about this, is that slow to speak means that uh, the reason why I'm slow to speak is because it's giving me opportunities to process what I'm saying before I say it, Right? Because I'm one of those I'm bad about. I, I, I'm, I, we talked about last week. I listen for the intent to reply. 
And so if your conversations, my conversations are always about, if, if there's never a time where there's a pause in your conversation, guess what? You did not hear and you were not slow to speak. If it is, guess what? You didn't hear and you sure didn't slow enough to speak. Because to be slow to speak is to be slow and intentional and thoughtful with every single word we say. Now here's the deal about words. Words are powerful. Can I get an amen? Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Have you ever heard this? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Liar! Liar! Get a stick! Get a stone! Guess what? Here's the deal. You hit me with a stick, you hit me with a stone, it's going to hurt for a little while. But words, they can hurt forever! You think, no, that would never be the case. Yes, there are people right now that said something to you 20 years ago and you still can't talk to them. It would been better if they threw a rock at you, right? You're not, they're not with me. Facebook land, are you with me, all right? Give me the stick. Give me the stone, all right? Because words are powerful and words can hurt, right? Have you noticed this, that words also carry different weight? That our words are weighted, right? That, that, that depending on your audience, your words can weigh 10 pounds or they can weigh 1,000 pounds. And here's what's interesting about this. Guess what? The weight you think your words weigh is irrelevant. What you think your words weigh is irrelevant because you know who determines the weight of your words? The person receiving your words. They're the ones who determine how heavy that is, right? They're the ones who determine how heavy it is. That when, when, when I say something... I may not have any malicious intent whatsoever, but because the weight that they put on my words, I could say something and it may not have any malicious intent at all, and they take it maliciously. And not necessarily for what I said, but how much it weighted on them. Does that make sense? Okay, so words are powerful. Words are powerful. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Thankfully, James did not leave us to wonder about the power of our words and why it is so important to use them slowly. Say that word me. Let's say it like let's say it, let's say it like we mean, okay? We'll use our words slowly. Slowly. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about the tongue. We're gonna talk about the tongue. Okay? Now here's what's really cool about James. James introduces this idea of being swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath in chapter one. But if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Chapter 3. So if you need to flip your page or whatever, chapter 3. He goes into more detail about what it means to, to watch our words and what it means when we speak and the power of the tongue. Okay? So I love that about the Bible is that so many times the Bible will introduce a topic and then go into more detail, right? Some of you are like, what does the Bible say about this? Go look, all right? There's more information there. But here's, here's what I want to do. This is where our, 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 our outline will start. So number one, if you're taking notes, when we talk about the tongue, it is a little member, but big problems. <laughs> little member, big problems, okay? Little member, big problems. Let's start at verse number two in chapter number three. For in all things, we offend what? Okay, let's just, oh man, oh man, oh man. I'm moving again, Mandy. You ready? Here we go, all right. Mandy's like, please stop talking to me. I know now you're moving, okay? For in many things we offend what? 
all. Now, let's just stop for just a minute. Let me help you with this. Help me with this. Please help me with this. Does this not describe our society? In many things, we offend all. See, some of y'all thought that people get offended all the time was a new thing. (laughs) No, almost 2,000 years ago, James knew it was a problem that not just in one thing, but in many things, we offend all, right? Probably right now, there's somebody on the sound of my voice that is sitting here offended. Because we get offended all the time, right? We get offended all the time. And here's what I love about this is James is not pulling any punches in any way, shape, or form. He says, look, hey, in many things we offend all. In many things we offend all. Guess what? Every single person in this room, you're going to offend somebody. It's going to happen. And it's not that you're going to just offend them in one area. You're going to offend them in many areas. We're going to offend all. It's going to happen. All right? He acknowledges that. Let's keep going. It says, if a man... If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Okay? Now, in, in, in just a minute, like, so it is a, we have an ability to not offend people because the same is a perfect man and also able to bridle the whole body. We'll see. Let's keep reading, okay? Verse 3, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body, that if we control the mouth, we control the whole body of a horse. I, I, I did donkey basketball one time. It wasn't pretty. I just want you to know that, okay? And I know some of y'all didn't know about it because I knew I was probably going to fall off and embarrass myself, so I didn't tell anybody, okay? Probably got in trouble. Probably should have, like, announced it to the church, hey, I'm going to do donkey basketball. And here's what the guy told me. He said, look, wherever you, wherever you point that head, that's where it's going to go. The problem was I was so scared of the donkey, I didn't want to move the head, all right? So when I, was, when I was lined up like this, and the basket hoop is back there, here's what I decided to do. I'm not moving the head, just hand me the ball. <laughs> I was just going to throw it up, because I was like, I can't get this donkey to move. But if we control the mouth, we control the whole entire body. Verse 4, behold also the ships, which thought that... that, that which thought they'd be so great and are driven with fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, okay, or wheel. Whethersoever the governor listeth, basically wherever the captain wants to go, he can, with a very small rudder, be able to move such a great ship. A small thing can impact something very large. Verse 5. Even so, even so the what? Tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Boasteth great things. I did some research on the tongue. The tongue is four inches long. Four inches long. Compared to your whole entire body. I'll let you know I'm almost, almost, I'm almost six foot tall. I'm five, eleven, and a half. Okay? With my shoes on, I'm probably six foot tall. Okay? But four inches, Maybe, okay, that's, that's probably a pretty long tongue, all right? Four inches is about the size of the tongue, four inches. So compared to the whole entire body, it is a small part. Do you know there are eight different muscles in your tongue? And this is kind of interesting, it never gets tired. And that's not a joke, <laughs> I'm being serious. It never gets tired. It's never exhausted. You, I could run a mile and I'd be like, right? But my tongue, 
could go for days and never get tired. Like literally, scientifically, the tongue never gets tired. The tongue never says, oh, I'm exhausted. There's eight different muscles. But let me help you with this. There's some people that are working the muscles to exhaustion. Can I get an amen? Okay? They're working those muscles, right? Okay? But it never gets tired. Like scientifically, we literally talk forever and never, ever get tired. Notice what it says at the rest of verse 5. It says, Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now it's starting to start to, to, to put a, a to kind of make a comparison with fire and how a little fire kindleth. In 2011, Arizona experienced its largest wildfire to date. Everybody seen a wildfire right on TV and stuff like that? A lot of times it happened in California and stuff. Okay, some of y'all have never seen a wildfire. Great. Thank you for participating, all right? Hopefully you're raising your hand over here. I guess y'all are convicted. I don't know what's going on. Here we go. <laughs> I need to be slow to speak. In 2011, Arizona experienced its largest wildfire to date. The wildfire burned over half a million acres of land costing $72 million to extinguish and, a 37 million, and $37 million to clean up and rebuild after the damage, okay? So if you're, if you're taking notes right here, over $100 million because of this wildfire. More than 60 homes, businesses, and other structures were lost. 60,000 people had to be evacuated. The initial cause of the fire, a small campfire built by two men that blew out of control. $100 million worth of damage. Okay? $100 million worth of damage. Where 60 homes, businesses, and other structures completely lost. 6,000 people had to be evacuated, displaced out of their home because of one small campfire that two men built. The tongue is like a fire. A little fire that kindleth, right? Okay? A little campfire can burn thousands, half a million acres with just one small little spark. And that's what the tongue is. That's what the tongue is. It's like, it's like a fire. It's like a fire. Now, number two, if you're taking notes, you're enjoying this so much, here we go. <laughs> number two, untamed and deadly. What else do we know about the tongue? Untamed and and deadly, untamed and deadly. Let's look at this in verse 6. It says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. That word iniquity means evil, okay? So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. Defileth the whole body. Setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Like, man, this is, pretty, this is pretty intense, okay? All right? For every kind of beast and of every birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, okay? Now, this word tamed doesn't mean that everything's domesticated, okay? I didn't, I, I, we don't have domesticated sharks. But for the most part, we have tamed the animals, okay? We don't, we don't live in fear of there, there may be a bear that just comes up into our home and eats us tomorrow, okay? We have tamed them. We have put them in their place, okay? We've tamed them. So we've got that taken care of, all right? Verse 8, but the tongue can no man, what? Tame. 
It is an unruly evil, okay? Unruly means disregarding restraint, okay? If you tried to hold the tongue, it says, I don't care, I'm doing what I feel like. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. I don't know about you, but that tongue is pretty dangerous, isn't it? Can I get an amen? That tongue's pretty dangerous. According to this scripture, really what we need to understand is that the tongue should come with a warning label. Think about this. It should come with a warning label. How really dangerous it really is. Here's the deal. It needs to come with a warning label. Do you know where we need to put the warning label? (laughs) Right across our lips, right? (laughs) That's where the warning label is. There should be a warning label because this is an unruly evil. It 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 is full. It is full. I love that word, full. It's not that it has a little bit of deadly poison. It's full of it. It should come with a warning label. According to this, if the predisposition of our tongue is evil, the word predisposition means a liability or a tendency to act in a particular way. Like your tongue has tremendous potential. Shouldn't we carefully select all our words, regardless of the situation or person? Shouldn't we be very, careful, very, very careful with every single word that we speak, not just some? See, here's what's interesting. What happens is we sometimes are cautious about our words if we're in this particular situation or we're talking to this particular person. But in reality, how it's an unruly evil and it's full of deadly poison, every single word should be watched carefully. Every single word. See, some of y'all don't understand this, and some of y'all may look in that, man, you probably should put a couple more hours in this. Do you know it takes anywhere from eight to ten hours for me to form one message? With the amount of, amount of obviously, prayer, that's first thing first, okay? Holy Spirit direction, like, God, what do you want me? What is this saying? All that kind of stuff. I usually read, read a, a section of Scripture any, anywhere from seven to ten times before I even make a note. I'll study various different commentaries and say, okay, is that commentary, does that agree with the Bible? Okay, that commentary doesn't, uh, don't do that, okay? Another commentary, does that agree with the Bible? Okay, yes, okay, maybe that'll help me, okay? Then it's, then it's forming the outline. Every, and I'm, I'm not trying to say this and I'm, I'm robotic, I don't memorize my, 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 my messages, but what I'm trying to help everybody understand is that it's really important that I spend eight to ten hours to talk to you for 30 minutes. Eight to ten hours for a 30-minute conversation, for a 30-minute message. But yet, how much time do we really take to think about the words that we say? Second? Half a second? Maybe no seconds at all? We need to be very careful how we use our words. This week, it was so funny, I was, I was at a, I was at a, 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 a get-together yesterday, and, um, and somebody asked me, what was wrong with me? Because I wasn't talking a lot, <laughs> okay? Now, honestly, I'll, here's, a, here's the deal. It wasn't because, and I did, I, 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 I lied a little bit. I was tired, but I used the excuse that I was tired. No, the real re- reality was is I was trying to watch my words. I was trying to watch my words. And what's interesting, the more you watch your words, the less you speak, <laughs> right? Because you're taking time to think about it. 
Like, really, do we process that all the time? I'll give you, and if we want to talk about social media or we want to talk about this, how often before we speak do we say, Holy Spirit, should I say that? Let me think about that. Holy Spirit, should I say that? That lasted a couple seconds for me just to say that. So for us to talk, for us to respond in, in a second or a half a second, when in reality we need to think about, okay, Holy Spirit, do you want me to say what I'm about to say? And here's what's interesting about this, is that every time I've asked the Holy Spirit, do I need to say these things? A majority, maybe you are not guilty of this, but a majority of the time when I ask the Holy Spirit, should I say what I'm about to say, guess what the Holy Spirit says? No. <laughs> he says no. But do you know why I say the things and offend the people that I do? Because I never asked the Holy Spirit about it, right? And so people get mad because, guess what? If I'd have checked with the Holy Spirit, he would have told me what? No, <laughs> don't do that. Bad idea, Buchanan. Stop, stop, stop. But I don't take the time. Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't talk slowly. I'm not slow to speak. I'm quick to speak, right? I'm not swift to hear. I'm short to hear, right? And we already talked about this. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm quick to hear... And I'm quick to speak. What's that going to lead to? Wrath. <laughs> I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get frustrated. So the tongue is untamed and deadly. And even going back to what we're talking about, like if any man offend not in word, the same is perfect man. Guess what? There's not an ability to, to not offend. Because the tongue is an unruly evil, right? And full of deadly poison. So you're going to offend somebody. I guess the, the goal would be not to offend as many people. Maybe that would be the goal. Number three, last, last point, we'll be done. There's an unnatural contrast. An unnatural contrast. When it comes to tongue, there's an unnatural contrast. Let's look at verse number nine. It says, therewith, bless we God. Talking about the tongue. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father. And therewith, curse what? We men, which are made after the similitude of, of God. Now, the, the word similitude means likeness, okay? So basically what he's saying is we bless God, okay? We use the tongue to bless God, but we also use the tongue to curse men who are made in the likeness of God. So here's a, just as a side note, we, we, we talked about this with murmuring. If y'all didn't watch the murmuring message on Wednesday, y'all need to go back and do it. Because here's the deal. When you talk bad about somebody else, you're not talking bad about that person. You're talking bad about who? God. You're talking God, bad about God. Because the person you're talking about, God made them. Guess what? God loves them. So when you talk bad, when you, when you bless God... And then you curse men and say, I'm not saying anything bad against God, but yet when you curse men, guess who you're saying something bad about? God. Because they're in the likeness of God, right? And that, that we, we, we are God and men. Remember, he, 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 he formed him, let, let, us, let, us, let us make man in our image, right? And so when we use our tongue to bless God and say, well, I, I love God, he's wonderful, he's great and wonderful. Now, I hate that person. And you'd be watching where you're pointing your finger because your finger's going the wrong direction. Whoop! So according to this, like, like we, we bless God with our tongue, or bless God with our tongue, but yet we then curse men with our tongue. 
Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. Here's what I love about the Bible. Somebody called me the other day and said, well, I don't know. What do you think this says? Let me see if we can all get this, what this says. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Let me interpret that for you, okay? Some of y'all don't know what that says, okay? Let me interpret it for you real quick, all right? Here's, here, so in case, because preachers know so much more, okay? Let me interpret this for you. Here's go. My brethren, here's what this is saying. These things ought not so to be. <laughs> Was that a good interpretation? <laughs> it's clear, right? It's clear. And I'm not trying to, I'm not, I, I, if y'all think I'm having an attitude about this, what I'm saying is it's hitting me like I have no excuse about this. If I'm going to bless God and curse men, that shouldn't be. Here's what essentially James just said. Stop it! (laughs) I encourage everyone, this will will really help y'all. Okay, Google uh, Bob Newhart, stop it. So I'm going to tell you, all right, Google that. It'll, be, it'll, it'll bless your heart, all right? It, Bob Newhart is a therapist. I, I showed you that, remember? Bob Newhart is a therapist, and, and I don't want to ruin for you, but stop it! <laughs> You'll understand. That's what he's saying. Stop it. Like it shouldn't be. And here's what's so interesting. Man, I love this. I love how the Bible gives us pictures so we can understand it better. Verse 11, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So no fountain both yields salt water and fresh. The reason why I said it's an unnatural contrast, because to bless God with the same tongue that we curse men is an unnatural response. It is against nature. It is unnatural. It was, it was like saying, okay, it, for, for us to bless God and curse men is, is, is like a fountain sending forth sweet and bitter water. It's impossible. A fig tree is not going to give olive berries. You can, you can give a bunch of fertilizer to it. You can water it three times a day. Never, ever, ever is a fig tree going to give you olives. Never. And so he's making this contrast to say, look, hey, this is unnatural. Let me help you with this. Even though the tongue is evil, now does not mean it was God's intention for it to be that way. See, what I love about James, James, again, I told you he didn't pull any punches. He's, he's just, here's what, he, here's what James is doing. He's just stating a fact. You know that? He's just stating a fact. Now, we don't like it. I don't like that you're telling me my tongue is unruly, evil, and full of deadly poison, but it's a fact. Would you all agree? Sometimes we don't like the facts. We want to ignore the facts, but it's a fact. It's true, all right? So don't get mad at James. Please don't get mad at me. It's just James. Get mad at James. If you don't want to get mad at this James, get mad at that James. It doesn't matter to me. It's just a fact. But even though it's a fact, doesn't mean that God is pleased with that. That's not God's intention for us to use our tongue in such, a, in such an awesome way. And I say awesome from the standpoint of staying in awe of God and, and, and then to, to use it in such a malicious and ugly way. God's desire is not for that. God's intention was never for that. that when he created our body, when he created our body, he, it talks about us being the temple of God, right? That we are to honor God with every single part of our body. Here's the way you can look at this, all right? Guess what? These are my feet. They're size 12s. Guess what they're to do? Honor God. These are my hands. 
I think they're, they're probably bigger than most, not huge, okay? I'm not going to be an NFL quarterback or anything, all right? But my hands are be used for the glory of God. Can I get an amen? Every single part of my body was created in a way so that I could give honor to God. And think about every single part of your body. What one part of your body has the greatest influence? I can, I can be an example. I can go work out and do all this kind of stuff and show you how great and wonderful all these other body parts will do something, but the greatest influence comes from my what? My mouth. It comes from my mouth, right? And so even when it comes to every single part of our body, including our tongue, it is for God's glory. Look at this, James 1.26. Let's go back to James 1 for just a minute. James 1.26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his what? Tongue. But deceiveth his own heart, because here's what people say. Well, I know I say that, but that doesn't say anything about my heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaketh. But deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is what? Vain. That word vain means empty. Means empty. Mean worthless. Okay? If you if you say you're a religious person, but you can't keep your tongue, what it's saying is that your your religion is worthless. It's meaningless. It's empty. So what do what does our tongue need to do? I'll give you one verse and then we'll be done. We'll pray. Colossians 4 6. Let all your speech, or excuse me, let your speech. Let your speech be always with what? Grace. Seasoned with what? Salt. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. And here's, let's just be honest. We, we, we live in a society and we live in a Christian world right now that we don't use a lot of times our mouth to extend grace. Extend grace. We want to get mad. We want to get frustrated. We want to Share a mind, give them a piece of our mind, when in reality, the best thing this world needs, the best thing other Christians needs, is just a little bit of what? Grace. A little bit of grace. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. <clears throat> now, I don't know what you need to do with this, okay? I know what I've been doing with this, and it's been a process this week. It's going to be a process next week. Hopefully it's going to be a process for the rest of my life because honestly, guys, I'm really starting to see that a lot of times when it comes to the problems and difficulties that I face in life, it's because I don't open my ears and I'm too quick to open my mouth. (laughs) Don't agree too much, okay? (laughs) I realize that. I understand that, okay? But, but I really, like, seriously, I think about it from the standpoint of, of, of being an effective pastor, being an effective leader, being an effective husband, being an effective father, if I would just take just a moment and just listen a little bit more, and before I speak, just take a little extra time to really process and think, okay, Holy Spirit, do you want me to say the things I'm saying? Because here's what's really cool about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows your emotions. It knows your feelings. And here's the thing. What you may be saying may be right. What you're saying may need to be said but not necessarily does it need to be said when you want to say it. Because the best time to say something is when we're, we're calm, we're, 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 we're okay, we're all that kind of stuff. 
when I'm, when, I'm, and when I'm emotionally charged in any way, shape, or form, whether I'm sad, mad, happy, whatever, you go to different emotions, okay? Anytime, usually when I'm speaking out of emotion, I'm going to stick my foot in my mouth. Can I get an O oh me? Okay, all right. <laughs> I didn't want to say amen because then y'all just talk about me again, all right? <laughs> Let's be better about this, right? Let's be better about this. I'm telling you, majority of my arguments with my wife, I'll just be honest, could have been solved if I had just shut my mouth. Fine. You want to be that way? And, you, and my wife didn't even say it, all right? So there you go. All right. So I'm like, okay. You saved yourself right there. Okay, I appreciate that. Because I was going to say, if you want to do that, my wife. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But let's do better with this. Let's do better with this. And let me help you with this. You cannot do it on your own. It's an unruly evil. If you try to say, I'm going to do better by watching my tongue, guess what? You are doomed for failure. You're doomed for failure because an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You're going to need some help with that. Okay? You need some help with that. Now, if you need to find an accountability partner, that's great. Ask your, ask your spouse. Ask your parents. Ask, you know, a coworker, all that kind of stuff. Like, help me with my mouth. That's great and wonderful. But here's the real help you need. You need what's inside you. That's called the Holy Spirit. You need some help with that, okay? And just listen to the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, if he's telling you no, here's, here's what's so cool about the Holy Spirit. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. He will teach you all things. So not only will the Holy Spirit tell you no or yes when you talk, but he'll tell you, okay, in this situation, don't do that. And here's why. <laughs> Learn, right? Learn. All right, whatever you all need to do, you just do, this is your time with God. Whatever you need to do. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Lord God, if I'm being completely honest, there are things in your Bible that are easy for me to celebrate. There are things in your Bible that are easy for me to get excited about. There are things in the Bible, Lord God, that I could just read over and over and over, and it would just bring so much joy and happiness to my life. But Lord God, there are areas of the Bible that challenge me at times. There are areas of the Bible that, that are like a mirror. They show what's truly there. There are areas of the Bible, Lord God, that I look at, and, and if I'm being completely honest, I don't like what they have to say. Because, Lord, acknowledging that the Bible is right would be also acknowledging that I'm wrong. And, Lord, if I'm being completely honest, sometimes that's hard for me to do. But Lord, regardless on how we look at the Bible and look at your word, does not make it less true. It is true. It is true. It was true before. It is true today. It is true forevermore. It is true. And so, Lord, I know I'm not the only one. But Lord, if I was the only one, that'd be okay. Because, Lord, I want to learn. I want to change. Lord, I want to be a person that, that, that someone to describe as they're swift to hear. Slow to speak, and especially slow to wrath. And so, Lord, right now, with every single person, on the sound of my voice, every single person that's watching online right now, Lord God, you know the help they need. And Lord God, you know where the, hope can, uh, the help can be found, and the hope can be found. And it's found in you. And so, Lord God, even at this moment right now, Lord God, I pray that they would open themselves up and say, Holy Spirit, where in this area, being slow to speak, do I need to work on?
What needs to change? What are some things that we've maybe said in the past that we need to go make amends about because we said some very hurtful things and we weren't slow to speak? What are some things that are on our mind right now and, and, and we're battling for them not to come out of our mouth? Maybe those things need to never come out of our mouth ever again. Lord, let the Holy Spirit work in every single heart and mind in this room right now. Lord, I pray, I think it's great that we, we seek out accountability in this area. That we find, we find spouses and, 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 and other family members and co-workers and, and fellow church members and, and those people around us, around us to say, hey, I need to work on this area, help me. And let us not get all defensive and frustrated and uh, bow up. Lord, let's receive it. It's people that are around us that love us and care about us enough to tell us the truth. And so, Lord God, whatever needs to change, Lord God, I pray the change would start today. Not someday in the future, not someday when our heart gets right, but Lord God, today. Let something change today. So that when we use our tongue, we don't use it to be a tool of blessing and cursing, but Lord God, that it would be a blessing alone, that it would always be with grace. Season with salt. Lord God, if there's anybody on the sound of my voice right now that has not put their faith and trust in Jesus, Lord God, they are missing a component when it comes to watching their tongue. Because the only way to watch their tongue is to, is to put, their, put their faith and trust in the one that created that tongue. To put their faith and trust in, in someone that even though we use our tongue in some wretched ways, still went to the cross to die for our sins. That sin of what we use our tongue to easily commit day in and day out. He died for those sins. And then rose up again in victory of their sins. And so, Lord, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus, Lord God, this is the day. This is the day. Today is the day of salvation. And so, Lord, right now, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice that needs to take that step, Lord God, Lord, I pray they would repent. Believe in what your son Jesus did on the cross and confess you as Lord and Savior of your life to do it right now. Right now, as I'm speaking, right now. Right now. Today is the day of salvation. Right now. Lord God, we lift you up today. We make big of you. You are an awesome God. You're an awesome God. And Lord God, what makes you so awesome is not, Lord God, just from the standpoint of what you've done for us, Lord God, but that you see us in the condition we are today and you are unwilling to leave us that way. That you want us to change. You want us to grow. You want us to become more like your son, Jesus. Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful gift. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, here's what we're going to do, just a little different, by the way. Um, we'll do...